Hey everybody, welcome to Behind the Bar. I'm your host, Danny Johnson, where we get to know your favorite dry bar comedians. Uh, as you know, Behind the Bar is sponsored by RX Solutions if you're underinsured or uninsured and you want 75 up to 75% off your next prescription, go to rxsolutions.online. My guest today is the very funny Andy Beningo. How do you not say your name like that? <laughs> right, that's how everybody has ever said it ever. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Something about that name just gets everybody in a good mood, you know? Yeah. So Andy's uh, Dry Bar Special is is adorable, tough guy. He's also got, an, is it a newer, newer album, Quarantine Mixtape? Yeah, I did that uh, during the quarantine. So I shot the uh, Dry Bar in, I think, 2019, and then the whole world shut down in 2020. So we did the uh, album uh, basically during the quarantine. It was just goofing off, and um, you know, there wasn't a lot of comedy to do. So basically what I did was like, called a bunch of radio morning shows and just kind of did jokes over the uh over the radio and then they would always send me the file and i thought well nothing else to do let's just put it into an album and uh kind of a hodgepodge of you know different interviews and just goofing off and so uh yeah a lot of fun yeah i you and i did our dry bars roughly the same time frame because mine was a few months before the everything shut down as well um and both of ours were the longer versions you know the 40 minute ones i you know now they're doing i think 20 minute specials which is you know to get more content out there they'll film three guys in a night three guys or gals in a night yeah there's something fun about doing the longer set you know because it's kind of like you're doing the full you know like you said basically you're doing 40 or 45 i almost wonder I wish I could go back and just do the 20 because then that way you just kind of cram the best stuff in and and you know, yeah look like a genius when you're doing the greatest hits as opposed to doing uh you know, right something. and then so, you have the second 20 to do another special you're like oh you already have another like oh yeah sure exactly are you doing another one anytime soon or uh me i haven't heard i haven't uh pursued it i am working on you know obviously the more um the more i did that dry bar set post dry bar publicizing it pu you know pushing it and me pushing it the more Folks kind of, I had some folks kind of like, oh, I like that joke. Like right before I was about to tell, like, I like, this is great. Listen to this, like telling their friend. I'm like, Ew. it's the so, closest you get to being like Springsteen, right? Like you're in the, someone in the audience is like, he's going to do Thunder Road now. And you're like, right. eh, you know, you're doing your bit or whatever. And, uh, I always thought it'd be funny if that, if it bombed and their whole table is disappointed now. <laughs> but you're, you're, I'm down in Florida. You're up in the Michigan area, right? Yeah, that's where I live. I live basically right in the middle of uh, the state. Uh, it's a small call, a small town called Chessening. It's uh, literally got one traffic light in the entire town. It's very small, very farmlandish, and uh, you know, good place to raise a family. Uh, my wife's from here, and uh, you know, I'm kind of bouncing around on the road all the time. So it's nice to just kind of have home be in the middle of nowhere, very quiet, very peaceful. So uh, yeah, yeah, we like it here. And that, but you grew up there, right, in that general area. Pretty much, yeah. I, I grew up in about an hour hour outside of Chessening, um, uh, and that's kind of where I started doing comedy, like Ann Arbor and Royal Oak and stuff like that. So there's a lot more kind of comedy clubs and you know little stages, uh, kind of where I grew up, and then uh, where I'm at now. There's a couple little things, but nothing, um, you know, nothing major. So, but but little little spots to where I can go and you know get up and work some new stuff or whatever, just goof off. So it's uh, it's not yeah. That you have a similar accent than my one of my neighbors, friend of mine who's from Wisconsin. 
Yeah, yeah, it's that whole Midwest, don't you know, kind of. Oh, geez, I don't know, everybody. He, yeah, he just, he opened, not too long ago, opened up a Culver's, which we hadn't had, I'd never had before. Oh, they're so good. They're yeah, so the, good. the butter burger and the, what is it, the custard or something, or whatever that. Yeah, it's it's all it's all bad for you, but it's fantastic, you know, it's yeah. a great restaurant, but uh, yeah. So being in a small town, and this is sort of a cliche interview question for a comedian, but I'm curious because uh, some of the dry bar comedians I've interviewed, I, I know, I've known them for many, many years, and, and we've exchanged messages before online about comedy, but not gotten a chance to talk. So growing up in that small town, that small area, how did you even get into comedy? Did you, you know, was it in the Michigan area somewhere or you kind of? Yeah, so I started more in like Metro Detroit. So when I, uh, I was always just a fan of stand up, you know what I mean? Like I grew up watching funny people, you know, like Robin Williams. Yeah. Uh, and Seinfeld and Steve Martin these guys so I always wanted to try it I always wanted to try it once as kind of a bucket list thing and then uh when I got to college they had like an open mic uh and it was like an open mic where people did everything they would sing songs and play instruments and I remember I followed a guy who did a poem about death (laughs) so he did like 15 minutes on how much life doesn't matter and the MC kind of jogged up like are you guys ready to laugh you know right like my big debut or whatever, but, uh, yeah, it went pretty good. Um, got some laughs and, uh, just, uh, I remember they used to have like different comedians would always come to like uh, where I went to college. So central Michigan little Mac school, but I would see guys like Daniel Tosh and Mike Berbiglia and even Gaffigan before they like blew up. Yeah. They were always cool to just talk to, you know, students. And so I just kind of the same thing, pick those guys' brains as they were coming through, like, you know, how do you write? How do you, how do you become a comedian? How do you get started? And so the majority of them just kind of basically gave me that cliche advice of like, get up as much as you can and write as much as you can. Yeah. But that's what I used to do. I would drive like an hour and a half to do like a five minute open mic and then uh, go drive back up and skip school the next day. And, um, but I loved it, loved it. And then slowly, once I graduated, started hitting the road, started opening for other comedians. And then you know, it's already been, it's crazy. It's like 15 years already doing stand-up. Yeah. And then you start getting bumped up from host to feature to headliner. Then you start bringing your own. Bringing people and having fun and trying to pay it forward like they did for you. And so it's just been, uh, you know, incredible. And then, um, you know, the dry bar thing was cool because we started working some cruise ships and uh, a couple other guys on the cruises who had started doing them. So a guy named Steve Mazon, uh who has a special out he just was like dude you're completely clean you should check this dry bar thing out yeah kind of submitted and and uh taped it and, and loved it it was so much fun so uh, you know the crowds are awesome and they just treat you really well and yeah the whole experience is like first class i mean from the accommodations that they plan for you to everything you know i i think did you fly in the night so i fl- flew in the night before just so that i could watch the taping friday night to kind of get used to the you oh, know oh yeah i mean they fi- i found out it was in provo and i'm like what is this now what, what's going on because not really expecting you know you just you just hear you don't really hear of provo as like a comedy hub you know right. you get there and you're like this is fantastic like the the, the, the production that they do and just the sound and audio and all that stuff but i did the same thing i was very not nervous but the same thing i always like to be try to be prepared as best i can so I flew in the night before, and I actually watched. Uh, they taped two specials. One of them was Jeff Allen. Uh, oh wow! Him shoot his. I can't remember who the other person was, but then um, 
yeah, it's fun to just watch and get get an idea of the space and the you know the crowd and the room and everything. And um, but it was it was it was a great experience for sure. Yeah, there's certainly a peace of mind from being able to go to the go to the room itself and watch it and be like, okay, this is what I'm doing tomorrow. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 And get like I said, get a sense of the room. I mean, there's like a little balcony too. Yeah. So you go, all right, the rooms are kind of high, but they're still kind of basically right on top of you. And like you said, pretty, pretty hip comedy crowd. Like, you know what I mean? Yes. Uh, they're big fans. Yeah. It was like pretty packed the first show. And, um, you know, it was cool because you shoot two, you know, back to back. And, and, uh, the only thing for me was just getting used to the time change, you know? <laughs> it's yeah. Like, yeah. Show, which is like 9 30 michigan time so it's like doing a 9 30 and whatever 11 30 or 12 o'clock show so yeah and i've talked to some some dry bar comics that have done that that film their dry bar special sort of maybe towards the tail end of the pandemic so 45 people in the crowd spread out with masks and you can tell you can tell the difference it's a lot more work yeah but you know some of those specials you can tell you watch those guys and girls and you go man they're funny people you know yeah like, Kind of give them props for just continuing it. You know what I mean? It's like, uh, <laughs> you know, it's just it's just nice to, you know, have that avenue of of not only people laughing but clean comedy as well. Yeah. So it was cool to see. I had a couple of friends that did it during the pandemic, and uh, you know, it was just it's tough for everybody. So I I thought it was cool that they they were still shooting the specials though. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So I watched your special again. Um, Thanks. Here and it's great. It's, it's uh, here's what you've probably been told. I, I maybe not, I don't know, but you're you're one of those guys that hits the stage that is immediately likable. You have a high likability. I'm sure you've heard that. Thanks, thanks. Yeah, so I, I, you know, I try to have uh, a lot of fun to be honest with you. You know, uh, it's um, I, I genuinely have fun performing stand up, you know what I mean? And so yeah, I'm laughing and goofing off and um but uh yeah appreciate that man your set was very tightly put together too there was no ums and ahs you had mo like a multitude of callbacks couple of applause breaks you actually got an applause break on a on an audience member commenting adorable <laughs> yeah 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 that was that's sometimes fun when they chime in with their own stuff you know what i mean like it's it, good <laughs> it is it is it kind of throws you a little bit sometimes but that sometimes it happens when people see you as this kind of likable guy they think like, oh, it's not, you know, it's not live. We can, it's like, they think it's a conversation. Yeah. So even on the ships or even in clubs, sometimes people kind of chime in and they're not being, you know, they're not being rude or whatever. It's nice that they feel that comfortable with me, I guess, that they feel like, oh, I can talk or just yell something out. But um, yeah, that said, I mean, I've been doing it for, you know, close to five or six years, you know, so it was, um kind of nice to just be able to put it together and yeah. just put it on tape and everything and i mean i'm like every other comedian you watch i watch it and i go oh i hated that part i hated right. that part. You know, yeah, like, yeah you know you're always looking at the stuff you kind of messed up on but right. uh, you know for the most part it's been um you know nice positive um comments and emails every now and then you get people that uh <laughs> you know yeah do you respond to the negative comments if you had any you know, my, my favorite one, I, I do this joke in my, my act now, but uh, the very first comment, all it said was fat. Was <laughs> and uh, I say, that doesn't bother me, but what bothers me is that 32 other people liked that comment. You oh, know? no. <laughs> uh, it always kind of makes me laugh. But, um, you know, 
you know, at first it really bothered me. I don't know about you if you would, because, you know, it's like you're, yeah. the whole thing is, is you're trying to make people happy. You know, you're trying to make them laugh and then when they're kind of, uh, you know, blasting you or whatever, you, you kind of, you know, ah, whatever. And then you just sort of realize like that's just social media, you know? Like, yeah. So, um, you know, I would, I, I generally, sometimes I, uh, you know, will comment if people say something really nice and then, if someone kind of says something rude, I'll, I'll always, uh, I'll, I'll put the heart, you know, the, the love, because then I, then I always, I, I always feel like that person is, they're going to get that notification from like, Hey, this guy sucks. And then all of a sudden it's like, Oh, that guy responded. Yeah. I've and gotten that too. Like the, the people comment back, Oh my gosh, you're, you responded like, yeah, yeah. yeah. To the horrific comment you just made. Yeah. So I kind of do it just to kind of troll them back a little bit. Like, Hey, I saw you. And, yeah i had something about my weight too i do a joke in my show i used to do in the dry bar anyway where i say something like um at the peak of my weight i used to weigh 280 pounds yeah 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 yeah. and um and the guy put used to oh yeah 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 it's i don't know what compels people to do that you know what i mean like especially like i said we're, we're just trying to make people laugh but they feel like the need to it's like everybody's a critic now. I think it's, you know, something with like American Idol or something. Everyone feels it's like, terrible. It's not even critiquing the comedy. It's like, yeah. and of course, as comedians, we ignore the hundreds and hundreds of likes and loves and co positive comments. And we're like, that's it. It's 99 good ones. And then there's the one that you go, oh, you know, this guy. Yeah. And then you just find out they're a miserable person regardless. So it's like, you're, you're, you know, unfortunately, you're not going to make everybody happy, but you know, you just play to the ones that like you. And like I said, for the most part, it's been pre pretty, uh, pretty positive. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's all, you know, anytime you can reach an audience of, of people that appreciate cleaner comedy and, you know, like I said, uh, you know, just picking up new fans, people who haven't heard of you before. It's, yeah. uh, it's a pretty cool thing. And, you know, dry bar has just been, uh, amazing for that breaking, breaking new, I would say they break new talent, but you know what I mean? It's like people that have been doing it for a while that just for whatever reason, never got that. Yeah. yeah so it's uh it's great and now it's now our stuff is on you know they they pushed it out through comedy dynamics to amazon peacock every you know you just you can just google your name or type your name into the search on your tv and it's up there it's really cool it's exciting i mean that's what every comic tries to get right is some kind of tv or something and um so you know it's uh, they've they've been great so i i've uh, got nothing but great things to say about dry bar and uh you know, it's, it's, I've gotten screenshots of people from people like on Instagram. That's like, Hey, we're watching you on TV now. Yeah. And, you know, kind of a cool feeling. So. Yeah. And, it's, and I like, I like the fact when, when I like when fans, um, fans is sounds so arrogant. I like when people that come to the show yeah. um, have pointed out to me like, Hey, we didn't hear a lot. We heard a lot of new stuff. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's kind of like the same thing. It's like you you try to do something different, and they get mad that you didn't do the old stuff. And they, it's a it's like a weird. Uh, it's like I said, you gotta kind of play the greatest hits, but then also you know, as a comic, you're always working new stuff, right? So it's yeah, find the, a nice blend of of what you're, you know, a little bit of everything. So, so um, remind me uh, when you. When you open your dry bar set, who are you? You're talking about your looks, are you not? I'm trying to think who you don't you refer to yourself as looking like someone? Uh, yeah, it's an old. I look like Flounder from Animal House is the okay. big. Thing. Uh, and then I don't remember what I used after that. I can't. 
because there's like a couple of them that I've kind of used over the years, like uh, the guy from Wonder Years, uh, yes, uh, Jonah Hill and Seth Rogen a lot, and uh, yeah, there's like a whole list of them. But you know, I got, I got. This is what popped in my head, and please take this as a compliment. Sure. Um, I saw a cross between Adam Ferrara, yeah, yeah, and Tony Danza. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's a that's an interesting blend. I think it's a. It must be because we're all Italian or something. That's right, awesome. right. Uh, it's just a lovable character, and the audience just goes along for for the ride. It's it's like he said, they're just you don't you didn't get a heckler, you got a participator. Like you're having a conversation with these people for forty minutes. People, yeah, that's hard. Yeah, I mean, it, it, like I said, it's so much fun. It's like again, I I uh, I it's, I haven't watched it in forever because I again I hate watching myself, yes. but I remember like it's. It, it it turned out good. I mean, there's some there's some jokes that, like I said, I, I kind of if I'm, I know there were some jokes that I kept in that I probably don't even do anymore. But I think that's just the process of all comedians. Yeah. You know, you're always taking stuff in, taking stuff out. But I mean, you know, I think it's hard to do a special, but it's also hard to do a clean special. You know, yeah. so the fact that uh, you know, I mean, I work squeaky clean regardless, but um. I don't know if that's why they cut the specials down to 20 minutes now, because if, if not as many people can do that long and clean, but uh, you know, like I said, they were great. I, I was proud to, to be able to do it. And um, you know, it's uh, hopefully do another one sometime in the future. We'll see. Yeah. I think it was cool that we got to do obviously film two shows and then they kind of ask for your feedback. Yeah. Ultimately they have the editing decisions, but um, you know, you, you kind of, they kind of, Put them together perhaps if they needed to you know yeah my first show was great it was it was pretty much packed i was working with uh taylor mason oh if you know taylor at all he's uh does uh, reliquist right yeah and he's fantastic he's he plays the keyboard and just uh, just one of the most talented people i think i've ever come across ever and so it was nice because i basically went first because i'm like well, I, you know <laughs> he's gonna he's gonna bury me if i uh if I go, <laughs> you know but uh the first show went great, and then the second show we had kind of a weird one where it was like, I would say like half the crowd was like middle school kids. Really? You know, it was like very young, and even the even the dry bar people were like, oh, this is usually like a lot younger than we usually get, and they were just bored throughout the second because I'm talking about my wife and kids, and they're yeah. rolling their eyes, and so there were little moments in the second one that they might have used but for the most part i was like just use the first one because you know like there were laughs but it's sort of like it's that's you know like it's an interesting thing like when you work clean people it's such a loose definition i don't know if you found that um yep where you know it's like is it like christian clean is it right like everyone has their own definition so um i get that a lot with events where they're like oh you're clean so we've got you know a youth group or whatever of kids that are, you know, in third grade. And you're like, I don't, you know, yeah. just cause I'm clean. It's like, it doesn't, it's not for them. It's, I look at it more like, kind of like uh like Ray Romano or, or uh, Jim Gaffigan, that kind of like your, your kind of like relationship humor, I guess. But um, yeah, people, people just take that definition of clean and they sometimes don't know what to do with it. And yeah, um, I tell, like I tell potential clients that, you know, kids can attend, but, it's I have I have no jokes geared towards children. Yeah, yeah, I'm the same. I'm the same. I just did a show for a place that <laughs> when it was 
originally he's like it's a youth group it'll be a lot of kids in high school and i'm like yeah it, it'd be like doing a college or something i can do all the technology stuff all the phone stuff up front and get more and then they like changed the definition they're like well it's youth groups so it's like literally like kids my daughter's age like eight nine years old and i'm like there's nothing for these kids so they like yeah. it was like it's <laughs> just a lot of silence and a lot of awkwardness but um you know they were still they were still excited because it's something it's funny because they they introduced me on dry bar and everybody knows the dry bar name so they were still excited to at least see a comedian i think but uh you know you get get weird shows like that all the time yeah i was i was um uh, a couple of years ago, headlining a comedy club in Myrtle Beach, and it, it was through Saturday. But he goes, "Hey, Sunday, do you want to stay and do a, a, a set for a daddy-daughter date night in the comedy club?" Oh yeah, yeah. And uh, I said, and then he said, "You know, the daughters will be anywhere from like nine to twelve years old or whatever." And I was like, and then he told me what the money was, and I was like, "All right, maybe I'll just give it a shot." <laughs> exactly. And so I did like improv games, like I brought the. Yeah dad and the mom up there like the and like mad libs or whatever and it i mean i literally that that 25 minute set felt like three hours probably <laughs> oh yeah yeah and that's the thing it always drags on when you're not doing well but that's like one of my favorite jokes uh steve martin did one time where they offered him pink panther the movie he's like there's no way i could pull off pink panther you know peter sellers is a genius and i just don't think i could replicate that right because they told me how much it was and i was like you know peter sellers is a little overrated right <laughs> <laughs> i can pull it off you know and so it's like yeah sometimes yeah you battle through it just for the check but yeah it's um you know it's all good buddy uh, what which which club was it in Merle beach was it the the cabana or, or was yeah it? i think it was the one that that's now closed oh okay oh yeah yeah because there are a couple of them down there in Myrtle beach it's a cool area uh yeah and down there blind person kills and yeah there's a, a comedy corner and then the comedy cabana or maybe not comedy corner there's two there's two there though i think yeah there's one kind of uh in like the touristy mall area mm -hmm. and, uh, been around for a while. yeah that in the square like where the stores and restaurants are that's the one that's the location i did yeah gotcha. okay yep yep, yep. Nice. nice and they put me up in the cd condo <laughs> mystery condiments in the fridge you gotta look uh, the joys of the road, buddy. <laughs> you know, yeah, it's I um hit my one of my favorite things in your special was uh the your joke and then subsequent callbacks to your wife uh, trying to wink. Oh, thanks. Yeah, that's uh that's one of the uh the greatest hits. I feel like it's uh true story. I mean, my wife does not wink, and um the first time I did it, it was one of those jokes that it just hit immediately. So you're like. Yeah. Oh, come on to something and then i always think it's fun when you can can do something like that you give the audience a little laugh and then you bring it back later on in the show and uh you know my wife I, we were we were uh dating and i remember being like is it okay if i do this and she's like yeah it's fine and then like people would always turn around and look at her and then laugh right <laughs> sort of at her and so after a while she's like i'm gonna just stop coming to shows for a while <laughs> can't blame her but she's like you know keep doing the joke it's a solid bit or whatever so right. uh, i have her uh support on that but um yeah yeah it's 100 true and uh, it's the physicality of it too the joke you know the the shuttering of the eyes and the face goes back it's 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 so complimentary to the line to the joke itself you know 
Yeah, it's a little over exaggerated, but you know that's that's sometimes what gets the laugh too, you know. And then the funny, the fun thing is, is like, well, where can you call it back? And then you know, we had kids, and so there was something funny about my my son doing it, uh, you know. And then um, yeah, it's it's uh it's one of my favorites. I'm glad you enjoyed it, buddy. And you have two, you have two kids. Two kids now. Yep, yeah. uh, my daughter is uh, eight, and my son is uh, six now. So she was, I think, probably about his age. She was probably like four or five when the special came out. So, you know, now half the specials just on kids now, or you know, the the new act. I don't say the new act, but a lot of the act now is is different because I I can't remember exactly what I did on the in the special, but I I think I did the thing about her um, uh, a pouting in the in the uh, yeah laying down. Yeah, I don't really do that one as much anymore. There were a couple other kid jokes, but you know, you know how it is, man. As you go, there's yeah. it's an endless well of material with those kids. So I don't even consider myself a comic as much as I'm a reporter now. I right. just kind of watch and listen to things that they do, and you go, "Oh, that's funny, that's good." And then, um, so that's kind of the fun thing about having kids is that you know they grow up, and so some of that material falls out, and new stuff is always kind of yeah itself. So. Um, yeah, yeah, it's. it's uh, I think your joke about, um, I think it was your son hiding with his hands over his face. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. it it reminded me of, uh, and there was great callbacks on that joke too. But when my son was little, um, he would, for example, spill a glass of apple juice in the kitchen, sitting there alone, and we would come in there, and he would go, "What happened?" Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know. You tell me what happened. You're the only one here. One person in here, and then yeah, that's so. Because what happened? I have no idea. How many kids do you have again? You have. I have a son. I have a son. He's sixteen, and then I have a, I guess now ex stepdaughter that I raised that I still am in touch with. She's twenty one. You know, so good, 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 and then and then probably give you material still. I mean, the sixteen probably at that starting to drive and do all kinds of crazy stuff, right? Yeah, it's literally like a transition of. You go from the age where daddy and mommy know everything, yeah, yeah. to now uh, he's sixteen and I don't know and I don't know. Uh, yeah, yeah. Like, go, hey, can you take me and my buddy to the sports card store? I want to look at sports cards. I'm like, well, it's five o'clock and it's going to be. Why don't we do it tomorrow where it's less traffic? Because it's you know, and he goes, there's no traffic at five o'clock. I'm like, yeah. From all your years of experience, right? Yeah. All your yeah. <laughs> Never mind that it's usually rush hour traffic at five, but yeah, yeah. you know, do everything, buddy. That's how it, that's how it works. But yeah, they're uh, they're fun, man. My I'm lucky. I have two just great little kids, and like I said, they're always coming up with stuff, always doing stuff, and just did a big trip to Disney. So I feel like uh, that's going to turn into about a 15 minute bit. Just is uh, that Cal- did you go to is it California or New York or Florida? Uh, down in Florida, we went there oh. about a month and a half ago. And, uh, you know, I'm still writing little bits and little things and trying to piece it together, but it was, uh, it was, it was fun, man. They're just fun people. And, and, uh, it was tough, you know, as a comic, you're traveling all the time. So yeah, try to be home when I'm home, I try to be home, but, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's sometimes it's I, I have some family that goes to Disney in Orlando on what they tell me is the best day to go ever. If you're just going for a day and that's Super Bowl Sunday. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. And they said it's just dead every year. Dead. We did the thing where the same thing. People were like, oh, you should go like in October because nobody's there. And we're like, great. 
and then that's right where that hurricane was yeah <laughs> so we just missed that hurricane and then it was like everybody from the previous week that didn't go for the hurricane were like well we still have these tickets and they rolled over so it was like completely packed so yeah trying to deal with two little kids trying to wait in line and just... oh i don't miss that i don't miss that i'm like yeah, that... i remember going when when my son was like I think before the the fact that I I think he could even have memories. I'm like, why are we here? We're, yeah, like he's not even gonna remember. And that's what we were gonna do. We were gonna go uh, in 2020, and then you know everything shut down, and so it was like kind of better that we waited the extra two years. Yeah, I, I don't, you know, it's funny. It's like you spend all this money, and it's like, do you guys have fun? Not really. It's like yeah. I'm hot. I'm hungry. Can I get a nine dollar pretzel? You spend five thousand dollars and all they want to do is swim in the pool yeah in the pool <laughs> we could have done this at home what are you what are you doing man um another joke i love of yours and this was uh at the beginning i think too or sort of towards the middle was that your i think it was your son's head your son's growth rate oh the the, the 90th percent his head is in the 90th percentile Oh, it's so funny. I appreciate you. Uh, uh, that is a joke that I stopped doing after dry bar, believe it or not. Okay. It's it so funny. It was a joke that I, I thought was pretty harmless. It was a true story. His head was like massive. <laughs> and I just thought it was just a funny image of his head growing continuously. And I think he, I, I think the joke's like, uh, what's he going to be able to become like a sports mascot? Or yeah. Yeah. I think it's a joke. And someone wrote something on like one of the comments, like, oh, you know, some, oh, that's not funny to make fun of kids with, uh, you know, this condition and blah, blah, blah. And it was like, it's not a condition. It's, it's a joke, but they took it so seriously. And right. Sometimes they usually comment like, my son has head gargantuism. <laughs> exactly. exactly. Something completely ridiculous. But it got in my head because like, I, I don't know, I guess I'm a people pleaser, you know, and I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. Like I, I look at comedy like a vacation, you know, like I don't mm -hmm. really sexual material or political humor. I just like I want them to go and laugh and then forget about their problems and then, and then yeah, go on with their life. So I, I, I feel like that joke was something that like every time I told it, I started delivering it weird because it's almost like you're like, oh, am I going to hurt somebody's feelings doing it? And I um I didn't do it for a long time and then I was running out of material on a cruise one time. We added a couple of shows and I'm yeah. like, bring it back. And I got a big laugh and I'm like, I don't know why I got in my head, you yeah. know, trying to do that. But um I don't know, comedies like that sometimes you you know, so one person complains and, and you you freak out. Yeah. The, between comments and complaints, it's almost like you know, folks don't realize that we're, you know, you're not, it's not going into the ether. We're, we're feeling it. We're hearing it. You know, we're reading it. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's not just that. Yeah. It's like, you know, and then, like I said, I stopped reading comments probably after like the, you know, first, maybe 30 or something. Right. You like to kind of see like, oh, are people enjoying it? Okay. But then when it starts to, you know, <laughs> it starts getting in your head and stuff, you're like, oh, what am I doing, man? And yeah. It's not healthy. Right. Yeah, it's it sounds weird, but it's like I know my heart's in the right place. I'm not doing it to be mean or you know hurt kids' feelings or something. Uh, so it's like kind of silly that I dropped it, but uh, I'm glad you enjoyed that one, buddy. That's uh, yeah, one of the ones I stopped doing. But uh, I um I could probably talk to you for another hour, but I know you got things to do. I got things to do. I was gonna. Uh, I'm not a. I'm not so much a hockey fan anymore. I know you're a big hockey guy. <laughs> 
but I I grew up a hockey guy playing roller hockey, deck hockey. I grew up on Long Island. I'm an Islanders guy. You're the Islanders fan, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I kind of went through like I went to a lot of games on Nassau in Nassau Coliseum because it's right the next you know county over. And all the throughout the eighties when uh, you know all the Stanley Cups and then I kind of just lost touch and then when I went to college in Tampa I went to some Lightning games so I I kind of am a fair weather fan or whatever but uh, my uh, buddy across the street's a Maple Leafs fan oh and, yeah that's, uh, they're right across the river here in Detroit so uh, yeah I grew up huge Red Wings fan still follow them pretty religiously I mean they haven't been very good uh, you know probably. In- five six years but good young team good core so hopefully uh you know a couple of years i'll win a couple stanley cups again but uh it's a fun game man i i love it it's just quick paced and and uh it's so funny because it's like i I love hockey but you would think i would have a, have a bit on it by now right. <laughs> it's like those things where it's like it's, i'm almost so passionate about it i can't come up with anything funny you know but uh yeah. I, listened, I listened to a great interview of, of wayne gretzky wayne gretzky was on um uh, David Spade and Dana Carvey's podcast called Flying a Wall. Nice. Yep. Yep. And um, they asked him who was the toughest goalie he's ever faced. And he said, by far, Billy Smith from the Billy Islanders. Islanders. Yeah. 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 That was such a great rivalry back in the day, Oilers and the, and the uh, Islanders. It was like, it seemed like every other year that, because what, Islanders won like four in a row. Yeah. I think they won two in a row and then took a year off and won couple more in the in the 80s but yeah those were like the two powerhouse teams of the 80s and uh but then you look back and it's this hall of famers galore you know Gretzky and Messier and Mike Bossy and yeah even even Dennis Potvin and I remember the Islanders were were a big rival rivals with the the Flyers too with Ron Hextall and yeah 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 but I still actually have my I have a Milek hockey stick still in my closet from when I was a kid. The blade is this thin. This was it's like an inch thin from being ground down. <laughs> they don't make them like that anymore, buddy. I, I used to it's on, you know, I don't know if your listeners follow hockey at all, but uh those old wood sticks were fantastic, man. I used to get a lot of a lot of good shots off on it. Now they're all these like weird uh graphite and bent yeah. like it's all about the flex now and uh Sound like an old man, but I, I still like using those wood sticks when I'm playing. So yeah, for my birthday or Christmas one year, my uncle got me a goalie stick. I used to play goalie sometimes, and he, uh, I thought it was funny even then. I must have been 13, but he wrapped the goalie stick not in a box. <laughs> yeah, he just yeah. tightly wrapped the goalie stick. I was like, dude, come on. That could be, yeah, yeah, exactly. That's awesome, man. Well, look, uh, people need to see Adorable Tough Guy. Uh, get your album, Quarantine Comedy Mixtape. And it's Andy, ben- is it andybeningo.com? Yeah, andybeningo.com. We got a tour schedule on on there. So if you ever see I'm near your, uh, your area, tell your friends, come on out. I got uh, social media handles. I use uh, Facebook and Instagram. I think both are at Bingo Comedy. It shows you how much I pay attention to this. Right. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's always good hearing from people that, uh, you know, enjoy the show so no tiktok yet no tiktok i thought about it so it's so weird because i know those are the same thing very short and i feel like uh you know during the quarantine i did the same thing i did a couple little sketches but they were all longer you know like five six minutes long and that's the thing now everything is so short i think everybody's attention span is so short and so um you know that's something i certainly got a you know i had on my list for 2023 you know 
sounds hilarious, but I just joined Instagram like this year, so I'm, I'm behind on uh, all the social media platforms. Oh, me too. I just I joined TikTok. I made two videos, essentially promoting upcoming shows. Yeah. Nothing funny. I mean, I don't know what the heck I'm doing on there. Yeah, it's a uh, it's a uh, it's a young kids game. I mean, they it's amazing how they you look on these things because I'll get like little posts and it's like yeah, you know, some of these clips are yeah, twenty seconds long and they have. 10 million views or something it's it's uh pretty cool just the outreach of these things man but, yeah you'll get a kick out of this and um so my son is 16 and talking about short attention span like he just spoke of i yeah. i tried to show him a, a clip a youtube video on my phone i said it's it's 33 seconds just have a seat and like 14 seconds in he's like ah <laughs> it's like what <laughs> just give me 30 seconds isn't that crazy yeah it's uh that's the world we're living in now, buddy. It's just uh, everything is so quick. But yeah, I think that's I've seen some guys do that and, and girls do that where they kind of chopped up their dry bar and kind of posted little clips. So yeah, I got to be a little more proactive with that. But yeah, me too. I need to learn how to do that. But all right, brother. Hopefully we talk soon and see each other. Maybe our paths cross in the near future. But um, I appreciate you being on, man. I hope so, man. This is a, a lot of fun and uh, appreciate you having me on and uh, great chatting with you, buddy. All right, brother. Yep. Yeah.